What is good, Bible Stormers? We're back. It's here, season three, here on the Scattered Abroad Network. This is the very first episode of our third season, and it's, it is so impossible to believe that we've already had a couple seasons, and we're now in the third one. I, I feel so old. I feel like I'm watching my child grow up and, and doing a horrible job of parenting, because that's, you know, let's be honest, that's probably just going to be reality for, for me one day. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some wisdom between now and then and, you know, not mess that up too incredibly badly. But anyway, it's crazy that we're here, that we're three seasons in. And of course, we're still on the same exact topic. We're still talking about God because um, this genius had the idea of, of starting talking about God. And once you start talking about God, there's just no end to it. So maybe we'll end one day. Probably we, we will get there. We, obviously, we're not going to cover everything that has to do with God on this podcast in these these episodes. But there is a whole lot to talk about that that is incredibly interesting to me, and and hopefully this is interesting to you. You're, hopefully you're not listening to this unless you're getting things from it. But I do think this is this is incredibly important. I think about John 17 verse three, where Jesus says that eternal life is getting to know God. Like to me, that, that doesn't make sense. Think about it. If we're trying to to define eternal life, it seems pretty obvious. It just life that never ends, right? That's that's eternal life, literally. But Jesus isn't trying to, to give a definition there in John 17, 3. He's giving a description. He's, he's telling us the essence of eternal life. What it's, what it's all about is getting to know God. That's, that's why we're here in a lot of ways. That's, that, that's why we have the Bible. It's why he communicated to us, because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to get to know us, and that way we can get to know him. It's this, it's this amazing thing where the God who's over all of this, I mean, read some from Isaiah, you're going to get an incredibly high, exalted, lofty view of God. But that guy wants to have a personal relationship with you and I, and he wants it so badly that he was willing to die for it. And and he keeps up with everything in our lives. He knows everything about us. It's, it's, it's amazing how detail-oriented he is in many ways, because of the relationship that he wants with us. So getting to know God is, is what it's all about. So hopefully these, these seasons, these episodes are, are helping you as they're definitely helping me get to know a little bit more about God, but not just, not just factual, intellectual knowledge, but hopefully this is also deepening your spiritual knowledge and experience of God, because that's what this is all about. It's about getting to know God relationally, not just intellectually, but hopefully that, that, intellectual side opens up a relational side for you. That's that's how it, how it works for me, at least, is, is getting to know more, more facts and information about God leads to, it, it opens the door to greater spiritual exploration of Him. So, Hopefully that's how it's working for you. And in this this season, as we kind of teased in the last episode of season two, we're going to start out by focusing on the omniscience of God, the omniscience of God, how God is all-knowing. That's that's what omniscience literally means. It's from two Latin words, omni, all, and scientia, knowledge. So all-knowledge for being to be omniscient. That means that he knows everything. He has all-knowledge. Now, God is the only being who is truly omniscient. And we're going to talk more and more about that and the implications that that has for our lives and how this is even possible and and how this fits into a framework that we might can begin to possibly understand in any way. 
we're going to get there. But in this episode, we're going to focus on a definition or a description of the knowledge of God from Wayne Grudem, who is a, a theologian. Now, one of the, the interesting things to me about the Bible is that it's given, in, in many ways, in a story form. It's given in a storytelling context. Even the the, epis, the epistles of the New Testament, many of them are, are not written in story form, but they're given to us in a historical context, in the middle of a story, right? And and when you think about it, and if you've ever done any study to from how the, the Old Testament connects with the New Testament, how you really can't understand the New Testament at all without the Old Testament, then you probably have realized by now that the New Testament story is picking up on an old story. It's picking up on the, the story of God's people and God from the beginning, right? And it's gone through these thousands of years, and we get to the New Testament, and, and we're not creating something completely and totally new. We're not. God is not snapping and, and, and something being created brand new from nowhere in the New Testament. He's continuing a story that he's been telling and, and creating from the very beginning. So it's it's not given to us in, in a systematized format. It's given to us in a story format. But one thing that we do to help us understand God better, help us understand the story that he is telling us more effectively, is that we put things into systems. We do things like systematic theology, right? You probably heard that term where we're trying to systematize different things about God, about the Bible, so we can understand them better. Now, you do this even if you don't realize it. I've never thought about it before. If you have any like the plan of salvation. Many of our listeners will be familiar with that. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water, as the song goes. That's a system that we've formulated from the Bible. So God didn't give it to us in a in a checklist, right? He didn't say, step one, step two, step three. There's nowhere in the Bible where that's said. But we've taken information that is given to us in the story of the Bible and systematized it for our good. So that's something that we can do with a whole lot of things in the Bible, including the knowledge of God. So this definition from Wayne Grudem isn't straight from the Bible, like word for word, but it is systematizing the information that the Bible gives us about the knowledge of God. So what we're going to do is walk through the definition and give some biblical backing to each each line, and hopefully it can help us understand the knowledge of God better. So we're laying a foundation here that hopefully we can build off of in the coming episodes as we, as we seek to understand more about the knowledge of God. All right, here it is. God fully knows himself and all things actual and possible in one simple and eternal act. God fully knows himself and all things actual and possible in one simple and eternal act. Now, there's a whole lot to that. What we're going to do, like I said, is just walk through it line by line. Nothing crazy, but hopefully by the end of this, we'll have a better foundational understanding of the knowledge of God. God fully knows himself. That's the first line. Now, at first, this seemed to me to be a a, a random throw-in, a little phrase that sounds kind of cool. God fully knows himself, Ooh. <laughs> but, but it doesn't really matter. But, but the more I think about it, the more I think that this is the most astounding piece of this omniscience puzzle. We're going to talk about a whole lot of crazy things that have to do with God's omniscience. And, and just the concept is just absolutely mind-blowing. But this, that God fully knows himself, this is crazy. Think about it. God is an infinite being. He has no limits. We can't know what that's like. We can't understand that. We can't comprehend that. 
we can't even understand ourselves. We're always trying to learn more about ourselves and what makes us into what we are. That's why we are obsessed with ancestry results and and personality tests. Who who am I? What is my identity? What makes Daniel, Daniel? We're trying to find out more and more about ourselves. And for a lot of us, our entire lives, our journeys of discovering more and more about ourselves. Because what what I found, what, what you have found or probably will find, are finding, is that the more we know about ourselves, the better we usually can live life, right? That's a good thing to know more about yourself because God created you in that way. So we, we spend a lot of our lives trying to understand more about ourselves. But the thing is, we are all incredibly limited creatures. There's only so much that makes up who we are. And that's, there's only so much that goes into making Daniel who Daniel is, right? And all of that is absolutely, positively nothing compared to what makes God who he is. He is infinite. We are finite. He is infinite. He has no limits. If you stacked the intellect of every human being that has ever existed together, we would still have a limited amount of brain power. And that limited amount couldn't even come close to comprehending the unlimited God. Think about that. I have a limited amount of brain power. You have a limited amount of brain power. Even if we took the, the billions of people who have existed, even exist in the world today, but just take everybody who's existed throughout the history of humanity, we all have limited amounts of brain power. So you can't add limited things together and get an infinite something, right? You can't add limited amounts of brain power together and end up with an unlimited amount of brain power. So even if you stacked all of our brains together to try to understand, to comprehend God, we couldn't even come close because we're finite and he's infinite. Only the one who is infinite can fully know an intimate being in every detail. In 1 Corinthians 2 verses 10 and 11, Paul writes, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. What a concept, the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What's he saying? Only God can understand himself. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's on a different plane than us. We can't understand that plane. J.B. Phillips said, if God were small enough to understand, he would not be big enough to be worshipped. If God were small enough to understand, he would not be big enough to be worshipped. What a thought. What a concept. I don't even understand myself. How much less could I possibly understand God? He's on a different level. But he understands himself. First John 1 John 1.5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, in this context, the concept of light has a dual meaning. It means moral, moral purity, which is where my mind goes first, right? That, that, in God is, that God is light. He's morally pure. But it also connotes complete knowledge or awareness. Complete knowledge or awareness. If there is no darkness at all in God, but he is entirely light, then God is himself, but both entirely holy and also entirely filled with self-knowledge. See, if, turn to 1 John 5 or 1 John 1 and, and read it on your own time. 
and and see if you don't get this this idea that this seems to be implied by the context. There's a dual meaning here: moral purity, but also self-awareness. There is no dark spot in God's knowledge of Himself. He fully knows Himself. Romans 11 verses 33 and 34, maybe the the preeminent text on the omniscience of God. This or, or Psalm 139. Paul Paul says that the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Answer to that question, not me, (laughs) not this guy, and not you. In fact, only he has been his counselor. God fully knows himself. There's nothing else, no one else who can compare to him. So God fully knows himself and all things actual, all things actual. He knows everything, every thought, every action, every event in the past, in the present, in the future. He knows it all. Like we said at the end of the last episode, he knows. First Chronicles 28 and verse 9, David is giving advice to Solomon. He says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. Man, that's, that is crazy. He searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. Hebrews 4.13 tells us that no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's terrifying, right? (laughs) That's terrifying. But it's also incredibly comforting if we're living holy lives. Matthew 10, 29 and 30 says that no, that no two sparrows are sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground or that all sparrows are, are sold for a penny. In other words, it doesn't matter. Nobody knows about it. Nobody cares about it. It's just a penny. They're just two sparrows. But Jesus says that not one of those sparrows will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows it all. He knows every little thing. He knows. As Jesus says in in Matthew 6 and verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. He knows. He knows all things actual and all things possible. This statement, believe it or not, is actually derived from the first statement that God fully knows himself. So God fully knows himself. Now, what does that have to do with knowing all things possible? Well, think about it. God is an infinite being who can do anything. Matthew 19, 26, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God is an infinite being who can do anything. So if he knows himself fully, he must also know all things that are possible. Now, this is so cool because there are trillions and trillions of possible variations in our universe that God knows and could have chosen, but he chose to make the world the way that it is. Just one decision. Just one small choice at the right time in humanity has, has so many implications. If you've ever watched different like different Marvel, Marvel movies or, or DC shows, you, you probably can, can imagine this, where just one tiny decision has, has gigantic consequences because everything we do has ramifications on the rest of the world. God knows. Like back to the real world, God knows all of those possibilities. He knows what would have happened if I had chosen something incredibly big, different for my life, or even something incredibly small. He knows. He knows everything possible and actual in one simple and eternal act. In one simple and eternal act, 
The word simple there, it just simply means, simply means, the word simple just means not divided into parts, not divided into parts. Maybe not the way that we normally use the word simple, but it's it's a technical way of using it here. Simple, not divided into parts. So the main part of this is, is that God is always fully aware of anything and everything. If you asked him how many seconds you have spent listening to Taylor Swift in your life, he wouldn't have to think back and, and try to jog his memory or or have to sit there and, and, and count the seconds from his, his recollection. He wouldn't have to stumble over his thoughts or his words to try to get there. He always knows all things, everything is always fully present in his consciousness. Nothing ever grows dim or fades away into his non-conscious memory. It's there. He doesn't have to to reason to conclusions or think carefully before he answers. He knows the end from the beginning. He never learns and he never forgets anything. In one simple and eternal act. Now, eternal just means that, that God's knowledge never changes and never grows. He can't learn anything. If he could, if it could change or grow, then he would never have been omniscient, right? Being omniscient means that you know everything, so you can't add to that. So from all eternity, God has known all things that would happen and all things that he would do. Job 21 verse 22, will any teach God knowledge, seeing that he judges those who are on high? Does anybody get to teach God anything? No, <laughs> no one can teach God knowledge because God already has perfect knowledge. Job 37 verse 16, do you know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? You whose garments are are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind? Compare us, God says. You're nothing. You know nothing compared to me. Psalm 147 verse 5, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. His understanding is beyond measure. Like we've been saying, God is infinite. His knowledge is infinite. There's no cap on it. There's no limit to it. One last text, Isaiah 40, verses 13 and 14. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult? And and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and and taught him knowledge and and showed him the way of understanding? There, There is a big, fat, implied nobody here, right? Nobody has ever taught God any of that stuff. God is quite literally a know-it-all. God fully knows himself in all things actual and possible in one simple and eternal act. Wow. Until next time, Bible Storm on that. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.